All right. Yeah. Ready? I guess the real question is no. The real question, <laughs> Maddie, okay. is if you were to pick a Capri Sun flavor, which one would you pick? Don't put that on me. I don't know them well enough. You got it. I gotta, feel like just the you don't classic... know them well enough. No, probably like Fruit Punch. Is that one? You would pick Fruit Punch? I don't know them. What are my options? Is that options? the only one you remember? Can I have multiple <laughs> okay, choice? Okay. Multiple choice can be Fruit Punch. Okay. Pacific Cooler. Oh. Kiwi and Strawberry. The Pacific Cooler is the and blue one, right? And then I think one, the right? last one is Tropical Punch or Tropic Punch. Pacific Cooler is the one that is currently in my hand. That That one's blue, right? Like the liquid's blue. Bridget just took a sip and opened her mouth and showed me her full mouth of Capri Sun on the camera like I'd be able to tell the liquid color in her mouth. Well, it's clearly not blue. It's clear. Okay, I feel like I remember Pacific Cooler being my favorite. Okay, well, Pacific Cooler is the best one, but usually people fight me about the strawberry kiwi, which is clearly not as good. No, I never, I was not a strawberry. I liked Pacific Cooler and I liked Fruit Punch. Okay, all right. I'll I'll take that. I will accept that as an answer. And next week you can bring Capri Sun and not be a loser. All right. All right. All right. (laughs) Okay, we can talk about video games now. (laughs) Ready? Okay. Welcome to Batty Breakdowns, where we hang out, have fun, and play games all the way to the end. Today, we're kicking off Nostalgia November, which is a series that we have been talking about doing for mm, a long time. A long at least time. Six months, I feel like. Yeah, at least, yeah. Uh, yeah. And also, it is our one year anniversary. This will be our one <gasps> oh, year. Right! So a year ago at this time, we recorded our Dream Daddy episode, which was really fun. And so go us. We've been doing this for fun for a year and we're still going and I'm proud of us. I am too. What a ride. I love that. That's our year. And doesn't this also mean that Chris needs to buy you a neon sign for your office? (gasps) You're right. <laughs> he said he would do it. He if did. It lasted a year. He has been asking me for Christmas gift ideas. There you go. I want to get <laughs> one too. So I whenever you, whenever you do that, let me Order know. Order two. <laughs> well, okay, just, I will. Yeah, I think be it'd fun. be cute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So we're kicking off Nostalgia November with the games Secret Agent Barbie and Backyard Baseball. We decided to do this each episode. We're each going to pick a game. So Bridget's pick Mm -hmm. was Secret Agent Barbie, and then my pick was Backyard Baseball. And then in the next one, we'll do another round of picks. 
So we'll give you mm-hmm. guys the breakdown from its creation to its critical reception still for each of them. And then we'll take you on a deep dive as we played, replayed these games yeah. and our experiences and opinions while we played them. And lastly, we'll close with if we recommend it, who we'd recommend it to and our personal rating for the for the games. With that, mm-hmm. let's both play ball and catch the bad guy. I don't know. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I was okay. wondering, I was going to message you and I was going to be like, if it isn't play ball, I'm going to die. And then, <laughs> and then I was like, but it's more than playing ball. What do we do? So I appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> So to kick us off, Bridget, why don't you give us the descriptions for both of the games? Yeah, so we we decided before we started recording today that we were going to give the descriptions to y'all so you know what we're going to be talking about. And then we'll do like a part one, part two, like mini-sodes in here for each of the games. So I'll start with Backyard Baseball. Backyard Baseball, I played the 1997 version. Is that the one that you played, Maddie? I played the original, and I also played the 2003. Oh, okay. I only played 1997. But interestingly enough, the one that I'm most nostalgic for is 2001, but it wasn't working. The, like, download for the 2001 wasn't working from the Abandonware website. Okay. Yeah. Okay, 1997 was the game that I was remembering and recalling when I was thinking because I actually think I started playing the 2003 version and I was like that's not what I did like this isn't real (laughs) yeah and then when I got the 1997 version I was like this is it okay great. this is it yeah Um, so that's why so 2001 has more of of the kids but adds a couple MLB players and then 2003 added a lot more and I think that's why 2003 when I was playing it I was like this doesn't feel quite right 1997 also didn't feel quite right so I was like okay I'll download 2001 um and then it wasn't working but I looked up online like videos of it and I was like oh that's the Mm. one that I played the most because I do remember having like Sammy Sosa in Mm. my experience but most of my memories were for like the actual kids but it was because there wasn't very many mlb players at first right so that makes sense yeah yeah Yeah. well backyard baseball 1997 2001 2003 whatever we um played today what it is is this like group of backyard kids that play baseball like you manage them like a little baseball team you pick your people you play games and matches against other folks the kids have stats it's very cute very like fun cartoony caricatures of these little kids playing baseball and it was the first in the whole like backyard sports franchise Mm -hmm. series and um i am gonna go ahead and like tldr barbie as well so the tldr of barbie um we played secret agent barbie you are welcome maddie for that recommendation um i (laughs) i will refrain from talking about it like it is amazing because it is but secret agent barbie uh is a game where you play as barbie of course as you attempt to solve the mystery of like these people have been stealing your friend Teresa's fashions and you 
find out like through one way or the other that they are stealing all these things to make invisible cloaks and you as secret agent barbie need to find all the clues track them down go to many different countries and many fabulous Mm -hmm. outfits in order to save the day and with that i'll go ahead and hand it over to you maddie do we want to do backyard baseball first or let's do backyard baseball first that works i have more info on backyard baseball like way more info so (laughs) yeah that'll be good to start okay so i'm gonna dig into how it was made and backyard baseball has a lot of cool stuff about it and how it was made. Mm-hmm. Bridget found this awesome article called How Backyard Baseball Became a Cult Hit. That's pretty much where I've pulled everything, so we'll link that in the show notes. But uh, yeah, to kick it off, the people who made Backyard Baseball, it's a company called Humongous Entertainment. Fun fact, actually mm-hmm. based in Washington, specifically Which I had no idea. Woodenville. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, that's wild. Do they still exist? Do we know if they still exist? Because uh, if so, I'm going to go bebop on over there and see. I should <laughs> I should have looked that up, but I didn't. It's okay. I, it's okay. I feel we'll like, find it. I feel like no. I, I honestly feel like probably not. They went defunct in 2006. What a short lifetime for mm, Humongous Games. Yeah. Okay. That is. Okay. All right. Continue. I'm so sorry. I was just surprised that it was so early. They were literally just our childhood. That's kind of cool too, though. It's kind of fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, Maddie. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's really interesting. I should read about that. Like what happened there, but before backyard Mm -hmm. baseball, humongous entertainment mainly created educational games for kids. So backyard baseball was kind of the first gamey game that they did. Mm. And Nick Merkovich was kind of the lead driver of making it happen. He was the one that made the pitch. And um, his inspiration for Backyard Baseball was all of the 90s sports movies that were getting so much attention. So games like Sandlot and Goonies was included in the list. But like, I'm not sure that's a sportsy type movie, but like, you know, that kind of vibe. Yeah. And it's like kids, you know, kids vibe. And mm-hmm. um, the other one, which wasn't 90s, but he was very inspired by, was Bad News Bears. And originally when he had made the pitch, it kind of just sat on the leadership's desk and didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until the Mariners started winning that it got really popular and, like, you know, everyone around the office was really psyched about baseball. And the leadership team was like, <laughs> fuck it. Let's do it. Let's fucking make a baseball game, it. baby. And um, and so they did. And they just so decided much. to do it. And so they assigned this, like, trio to go do it with Murkovich as, like, the creative director and, you know, mm-hmm. just basic director for the game. And Richard Moe, who was the lead programmer, and Mark Pazer, who did the art. And the Mm. motto when they started developing the game was kiss ass, which was keep it simple and sophisticated stupid. So they didn't want to just keep it simple because they didn't want to cut corners and have things like the hit of the baseball be random, like the results of it be random. They wanted it to feel like an actual baseball simulation game. And so that was the reason they added that and sophisticated part to it because they really wanted it to matter um some other stuff as they were building it mario was another inspiration because 
uh, for hmm. the power-ups that are included in the game. So sometimes what will happen oh. is you'll see like a little power-up either for the pitcher or the uh, batter. And uh, one of them is like a spitball that's like squishy and weird and gooey or uh, aluminum bat, which hits an automatic home run. And the yeah, the inspiration for that was the Mario games. And then That's as cool. they were building it, the other thing that they added as from a gameplay perspective that they really intentionally added was having the environment and setting, having the different, you know, fields that you can play also impact yeah. the gameplay. So as an example, if you're on the field that is sand, it slows down the players. Like it actually slows them down. Or if you're on the concrete one, then it's it's a little faster. And if you're on the one that is like boxed in, you can't hit home runs. It bounces off of the wall. Yeah. Like the city one. Yeah. So they really wanted to make sure that each setting actually impacted the gameplay and had its own little element to it. So I thought that was I pretty really cool. Yeah, I appreciate that from, like, just a game design perspective. As a child, I do not know if I noticed that. But I took that note later where I'm like, as an adult, this game is way more complex than I remember it as a child. 100%. I I did, too. And it's really cool how they intentionally did that and added those elements that I think really is what made it special. Like, if it was just a point and click, like, it wouldn't have been you know, as special as it was. Yeah, I agree. Um, Okay, so now I'm going to pivot and talk about how they created the cast because I think this is Mm. the other really huge element to why this game is so special and feels so magical. And it's really because, weirdly, a bunch of white dudes in the 90s specifically, (laughs) like specifically and intentionally created diverse characters, like of all senses. It's, I, I was like, blowing my mind as I was reading this like I cannot believe that three white dudes sat down and thought about this like I just I just can't even I'm so impressed that was I mean bars on the floor but like so impressed (laughs) when when I found the article for totally separate reasons I had been very barely skimming and then I got to that section I was like what the fuck and that was when I sent it to you what is this? This is crazy. Yeah. Yes. So they specifically made sure that half of the characters were were girls and also half of them were people of color. And they also mm-hmm. intentionally included body diversity as well as someone with a disability. And they like yeah. the main goal as they were creating this cast of kids is they wanted to make sure that every kid had someone they could relate to, which is like so cute. So cute. That's so cute. And the other thing that I wanted to add in is they also made sure to add shade diversity within the people of Mm. color, which is just like not even some makeup companies can do that today. And yet these (laughs) dudes were thinking about it in the 90s. No, I'm just like, I'm like happy. Like it makes me happy. Like they were intentionally because the main art design person was saying that it always annoyed him when he was seeing like black characters at the time and they were all the same shade of black and he's like that's not that's not what reality is moving on from that specific piece they um the uh inspiration for the art style was peanuts cartoons Hmm. 
And then they also wanted to make sure as they were creating this like diverse cast of kids that they each had a really strong identity and that their personality connected with their skills. Mm. And as they were building out each of the characters, they drew on pop culture as well as kind of personal examples to help Mm -hmm. shape the different characters. So as an example, Pete Wheeler was... modeled after Forrest Gump so kind of like dumb but really fast (laughs) that's literally a quote that he said dumb but fast and the Weber twins which are the twins that played tennis in the game were modeled after the lead programmer Moe's wife and her twin sister so I thought that was fun and they played tennis yeah Yeah, I love that. So talking about the different cast of characters, what also went into that and developing their personality and their identity was the music. So Mm -hmm. Rhett Mathis was the person who was the composer for Backyard Baseball. And because there was 30 kids, he was able to craft theme songs for each character. So each character had a really intentional theme theme song that connected with their personality. And so I thought that was cool. Yeah. And then on the other fun fact side, before I talk about Pablo, the star of the show, is that the voice actress for one of the characters, Sunny, uh-huh. it was Jen Taylor, who is the voice actress for Cortana's first voice <laughs> That's acting amazing. job. Amazing! That's so fun. Sunny was the um... crazy. Sunny was the announcer. She was the announcer. announcer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fun. That's so cool. I'll have to listen to it again, keeping that in mind to see if I hear it. Yeah, but it was her her first voice acting job. That's so fun. That's so cool. (laughs) Okay, quickly, I want to talk about Pablo because Pablo is like really the heart and soul of Backyard Baseball. Yeah. And everyone knows it. Like everyone loves Pablo. It's everyone's favorite character. And the inspiration for Pablo actually came directly from Bad News Bears. I have not watched that movie. So I'm going to say this and I don't know exactly what I'm talking about. So if I'm saying something that's like, that's not true. I don't know. I just read it and I'm repeating it. I watched so. <laughs> it once a long time ago, but not enough to correct you. So this is how misinformation okay. is spread. So <laughs> in that movie, there was two out of shape Mexican kids who were on the baseball team. And he kind of the creative director was like, what if those two kids were the best players on the team? So he was, like, taking those two characters in that movie and then putting a spin on it. Pablo's got, like, a little bit of a belly. He's short, but he's just so athletic and, like, obviously has the best stats. So they just kind of wanted to flip your expectations and make him, like, the best player. That's Uh, fun. The misstep with Pablo that that I had actually noted as I was playing it was the voice casting. Mm. Because you can tell that it is a white guy impersonating a Mexican kid. I wrote down that it sounded weird, but I couldn't figure out why. So that makes a lot of sense. I I was like, wow, that sounds like a white guy impersonating (laughs) someone. (laughs) And I was right. So, good ear, good ear. So it's really interesting because they originally did the voice acting casting call and they didn't find any Hispanic people to do the voice, which side eye. But mm. um, and so they had someone who knew Spanish but was white 
do it, which is like uh, uh, very cringe, very incorrect. And it, he like knew Spanish from taking classes in high school. Like it wasn't like I am a native speaker. How do you ever bad. even been to a place where Spanish was the primary language? Probably not. It was bad. It yeah. was bad. They didn't do good enough, but that's okay. It was the 90s. A lot of things were. <laughs> hey, you know what? But, they tried. Oh, oh, they tried here. Also, the other side eye thing is that they had a Hispanic developer. Like, they had a Colombian developer who was like, oh. y'all, what the F? But it was too late to re-record. And I was like, y'all had a developer yeah. that you he says like two things you couldn't have him do it yeah and we've seen that before in other games where people who work on it just voice the characters when they're little totally lips. like it's not a big so deal. some yeah. side eye there mm-hmm. but that's okay mm-hmm. and the last thing about um the last thing about pablo is that because pablo became so popular they ended up making Pablo be the character with the highest stats in every backyard sports game. Even so with the professional soccer. Yeah, so backyard soccer, backyard football, those also had Pablo, and Pablo was the best in those two. And oh. so they said that they just wanted to carry it through because when you like play sports as a kid in your neighborhood, there's always like the that neighborhood kid. kid that's mm-hmm. Pablo's that one kid. Yeah. He's just good at all <laughs> the sports. We hate that kid. <laughs> So I thought that was cute. Yeah. Okay. Those are all my fun facts. I love that. I was really happy that there was actually information about this one. And it was cool information. It was a lot. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you want to talk about critical reception for backyard baseball really quickly? Yes. So for critical reception on this, there isn't going to be a lot. Like I, my first note that I had was like, I feel like this existed before the internet did. And I know that that's yeah. not exactly true, but it felt that way when I was looking well, stuff I mean, it up. was before it was as widespread. Like I remember yes. in the nineties, I used my computer to play games that were not online yeah like exactly games were not online exactly i had my little discs and that's what i did yeah. um so what i decided to do is just scrounge like a little rat and i found a couple things so one in the article that you were just talking about um the thing that i found in there that was really interesting is that backyard baseball the 1997 version was not remembered at all by any of the developers as being any sort of a hit or going particularly well. Like it was just a game that was released and it was fine. And the, yeah. And the expectation at the time of the developers was that they were kind of surprised about whether or not they would get a second one and what they would do. But like you were mentioning, this is their first foray into like sports games. And this is their first foray into like real like game content here. That wasn't just educational games. And so apparently the studio exec was like, I know that it didn't go super hot and I'm kind of like upset about how it performed, but we're going to at least get like three of these games out before we decide to give up. And so then they started releasing like the sequels and the other like franchise pieces, like you mentioned, like the footballs and the soccers and whatever else. And then those just took off. Like, it just took off. And so it was actually kind of risky, the fact that there was even more of these games at all after the first one. But then it happened. And the uh, some of the information that they had in there was that after about five years, they had sold five million copies of the original Backyard Baseball, I believe. And then the whole franchise sales exceeded Civ and Roller Coaster Tycoon. 
Isn't that fun? Whoa. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Which are like very, like they're games that everyone always remembers, right? Yeah. So this is a very popular franchise. Now that was not just like the original Backyard Baseball. That was all of them together. So, you know, um, but still very, uh, very popular. But the original game actually really wasn't that well known. Maybe, uh, again, maybe I'll just blame the, blame the lack of internet here is what I'm going to do. Um, but the other things that I found that I just thought were like kind of fun was I found a subreddit that is dedicated to backyard baseball and it is still active. <laughs> there Whoa. are people that still post on the backyard baseball subreddit. Shout out to y'all. I uh, was pleasantly surprised by finding it. And the way that I found it was I was just looking for like thoughts and whatever's on people, yeah. you know, experiencing it. Of course, everybody really loves it. But I actually found people from le- legit like two years ago that just started playing this game for the first time that had never played it. And they're like, I'm going to pick this up and play it. And I love that. Like, I thought that was really fun. And I think even though I don't really have reviews today, because I literally couldn't find a website that reviewed it. Like I don't, I couldn't find stars. You don't get any. Um, But I did find that there is enough of like a fan base around this game still, that there are people that still talk about it. There are still people that pick it up and play it for the first time. And I think that is really cool for a game that is, what is 97, so more than 20 years old, um, 25, which is crazy. Crazy. It's a quarter of a century old, and people are still finding it and playing it. And it's just this little kid's game, and that's really fun for me. So That is fun. There's your critical reception. Really I know that it's a little different today, but that's what we get. So, yeah. No, that's what we get. I yeah. like it. I mean, yeah. Mine's going to be really similar when we get to the making of Barbie. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's dig into our experiences while playing Backyard Baseball, and then we'll switch, after talking about that for a little bit, to Barbie. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah. Okay, so tell me your first impressions of Backyard Baseball, because this was not my, this was my pick, so I want to hear you first. So I did play Backyard Baseball a lot as a kid, so it wasn't like a total... Like, oh, I had never played it before. It's very new, which I know Barbie mm-hmm. was for you. Um, but for me, I think, and I briefly mentioned this before, I was surprised by the amount of immediate complexity that existed. Because I, all I remember as a kid playing this game was like, I remember the kids. I remember which ones that I liked, which is still kind of fun, like to look at it and be like, oh, I didn't like that one. And like, I still remembered that, like that visceral reaction yeah. towards like these kids are the ones I really liked and really didn't. And uh, so that was really, really fun. But then I was surprised by all the stuff that you could do. And I found things that I didn't, I honestly think that I played hours of this game and I never knew that certain features existed. Like I found out that while you were pitching, you can move the people in your field to like different parts of the field. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I'm, I'm almost 100% sure I had no idea that existed. So it was fun. Yeah. They did really good with like, how like the the baseball elements like yeah you, they did it was way more involved than I had remembered it being me too yeah for because sure the the reality of what I remember was literally just like picking my team and swinging the bat and that was it so yeah yeah how about you so, how did it feel revisiting it was really fun mm-hmm. I played it with my dad because that's how we used to play it that's and so cute, man. I know, I know. Oh. I, w- I wish my brother could have been there, but um, but it was really fun revisiting it with him because we were having similar 
experiences of revisiting it, right? Because we used to, like, hours and hours. Yeah. The way it would go is my brother, me, and my dad would play, and my mom would, like, listen as she was doing, like, her own thing. Yeah. She was not, like, huge into the into the game. Uh, but she, I mean, she has same nostalgia for, like, the sounds yeah. of it. She just never had played with us. Um, but immediately, like, the sounds, when I booted that thing up, also, it was kind of a cool experience figuring out how to download old school games. Yeah. Like, you have to download this old VM, VM. Yeah. and then uh, do the the game on the VM, which which was a fun little process to learn. And I'm excited to kind of explore more with yeah. that of, like, other games that I can start playing Pajama again. Sam, here but, I come. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to play the sound of the humongous entertainment thing, but it's... Um, no do it do it <laughs> um but that sound plus the music that starts playing the dum 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 yeah i was just like whoa whoa yeah. nostalgia overload it's crazy so that just kind of was just you know immediately right off the bat and then the other one is as i was picking the characters i was like pablo was my first pick oh, and they course. have a little line of dialogue when you click them and that's when i noticed oh wow the voice acting didn't age well <laughs> i wrote, so i wrote that down <laughs> i think i wrote what did i put um i put i was like hmm i can't decide if this is like offensive because i couldn't figure out why it felt so weird i was like what's going on yeah because yeah. it's a white man impersonating a Mexican kid. Yeah. So yeah. that's why it sounds weird. Uh, and I wrote, yikes, LOL. He's still great, though. Yeah. I, I also had, like, why is Pablo, like, so good? <laughs> so good. Still really great. So those are my first impressions. Yeah. I um, am curious what you uh, named your first team, Maddie. Did you do, like, league? Did you play, like, pickup games? What did you play? I did a league team, so I played a couple of games, like two, ga- two okay. games in the original, yeah. and then I switched to the 2003, and I played. we played two games in that one, too. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, but I did, I think it was the Yellow Hornets. Okay, all right. Because, you know, you picked the color, and then you picked the, and yeah, I picked, yeah, I picked Yellow Hornets. What That's did you so pick? straightforward, just Yellow Hornets. I I wasn't really paying attention much (laughs) it's the most important part of the game no not really I I am proud of myself because I picked the tiny socks which is so cute (laughs) that is really cute I know the tiny socks I just love it on so many levels um but I was very proud of myself for that I feel like I mostly played the wombats when I was a kid though so Okay, let's give a quick breakdown of the gameplay, and then yeah. we can just talk about our experience while we played it. Because sure. I don't have a ton of detailed notes, yeah, honestly. These will be light, just like, I think. yeah. Um, so you switch off between being the pitching team and the batting team, obviously, mm-hmm. just like real baseball. And the way it works is when you're the batting team, each character walks up. It's like it's like a base it's like baseball mm-hmm. you have different types of bats that you can do so you could do a power ball like where you're trying to hit a home run you can do a line drive where you're just trying to get it into the outfield you can mm-hmm. do a grounder so you're because you don't want it to get caught 
Or yep. you can do a bunt. Like a bunt is really popular if you if you have like a fast player and you want them to just get to first base. Mm-hmm. And the other element of gameplay that or the other two parts of batting that I thought were really cool is each individual character has like a hitbox mm-hmm. that is their kind of space where a ball can go and it counts as in in play versus a ball, a ball. like in baseball, where if you get four balls then it's a walk and your character can just walk Mm -hmm. um and then the last one is the base itself you can adjust the stance of the batter so that you can control which side of the field you want it to go to like whether you want it to go more towards first center or left field Mm -hmm. um so those are kind of all the different elements in play with batting and um and yeah, let's talk about how did you feel as you started batting again? Because I was like, wow, this is harder than I remembered. It was so hard. <laughs> uh, I was like, how as a kid did I get any runs at all? Uh, I could yeah. not do anything. I literally struck out Pablo. Okay. That's how bad <gasps> you I was. struck out this. Pablo? I mean, I did get him some home runs too, but I definitely okay. struck out Pablo at least once. And I was like, that's how I know I'm bad as I struck out Pablo. Uh, yeah. The timing hard. was so much harder than I remembered with it. Yes. I read I yeah. read somewhere during my perusal, I can't remember where, but they said that they had a different speed, reaction speed per player. I think this was on Reddit. So you can't oh. just learn how to time the ball getting to the plate. You have to literally know for that particular person how long is that animation and be able to time it per person. So some people go a little slower. Some people go a little faster. And that I don't think I understood at all. But I understand okay. after reading that, I was like, oh, that's probably why I was so incredibly bad. And then when I went, totally. I, I played it while I was waiting for you today <laughs> to get set up. And I tried to play it based on like, okay, what does this animation look like? And I did do better when I like paid attention to the animation. When so. you paid attention? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like way, like my dad and I were like, whoa, this is hard. Yes. Yes. We were surprised. And the other thing is like the pitchers are like throwing you balls that are like almost outside yeah. of your hitbox. And it's yeah. like, I was like, wow, like, these strike. are like professional kids. <laughs> yeah. I know. There's so many times where I just let it whiz by because I was like, oh, like 60% of that is outside of my hitbox and it's strike. And I just feel like an idiot. I'm like, yep. okay, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. 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 So it was it was really fun. I, d- I also hit home runs with Pablo, of course. Like, mm-hmm. he's just so OP. I loved, loved, you know, playing as him because he made it feel better. But yeah. and I still won the game overall literally because of Pablo and his home runs. See, I actually kept winning my games because of Jacinda. Jacinda was my my girl. She did great. Ooh, yeah. Mine was uh, Pablo and Pete. Mm, Pete yeah. Wheeler. Pete. He's Pete amazing. Is pretty good, and I like that he can actually run. Also, because Jacinda is my super mo slow. <laughs> with Pete. So my mo with Pete because he's so fast. Bunt. He always makes it to first, and then steal. Oh. And get him. Get him, him to too. get him to third base. Huh. And huh. then the next person that hits, he'll just run home. Interesting. I mm-hmm. had almost zero strategy, Maddie. I could not remember what I was supposed to do to play baseball. And I was like, okay, I am going to do my best 
to attempt this. I had no strategy. I just tried to swing the bat in the right place. Sometimes I would point it to a different part of the field if I was like, ooh, I know this person's slow, so I need to give them more time, so I'm going to put it the other direction. But that's literally the extent of my strategy here. That's so funny. Okay, let's switch to pitching, and yes. we'll talk about that a little bit, and then we'll go on to Barbie. Yeah. But on the pitching side, the gameplay mechanics are when you're the pitcher, you're deciding where the ball should go, mm-hmm. and the way it works is depending on the type of, of pitch that you're doing. So there's a slow ball, a left hook, a right hook, a power ball, and uh, wasn't there one more? Slow ball, Maybe. Or the power-ups. The intentional the power-ups walk. Intentional walk. Oh, intentional walk. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, sometimes the power-ups will pop up, like the yeah. fastball. And the power-ups the... are kind of crazy. They have, like, an elevator yeah. where you the throw the ball. And it literally, <laughs> it literally just goes up Zoop. and you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. <laughs> um, and the different elements while you're the pitcher is, one, you have the different types of balls that you can do, and then you select where in the player hitbox to do it. Yeah. And then when a ball actually gets hit, this is where I totally forgot this aspect of the game. Mm-hmm. I When a ball gets hit, you have to click, like, where they need to go catch it, oh. and then click where they need to throw it. Yes. And when we started playing that, we were, like, waiting for the characters to do it. <laughs> and then it, like, hit the- <laughs> I didn't remember that that was part of it. Like, neither me or my dad kind of remembered it. And then we were like, oh, yeah, we have to go get it and then throw it to the first base person. Um, So that was, like, the other – that's the other aspect of that piece. And, again, it was kind of harder than I remembered because they they drop it sometimes. Yeah. Or they, like, totally fumble it. Um, Yeah, I – And then when you're throwing it – They'll, yeah, they'll, like, drop it when they try to catch it. And And sometimes they'll drop it, and it'll roll out of bounds, and then they get to go an extra couple bases, and it's always so upsetting. I'm just like, okay, that's fine. That's fine. (laughs) Did you... I I couldn't figure out if there were any differences between a character. Like, if two characters had, like, a four in fielding, like, if there was still variation. I couldn't actually figure that out. I don't know if you could either, but I, I couldn't know. I couldn't tell. It was hard. I couldn't tell either. All I yeah. remembered from when I was a kid is that, again, like, Pete Wheeler was a good shortstop, which is, like, the person mm. that's in between the third and the second base. Yeah. But I because he was fast but I, mm-hmm. I really couldn't super tell and yeah. I didn't play it enough to perfect the outfield part that was probably the part that remained harder yeah. not harder just like even when someone would hit a ball and it would show the shadow of where it was going you'd send a character to that shadow and almost never they were catching it hmm. and I didn't I... know if I was doing something wrong there Huh. I think my outfield caught usually, but I can't remember if I had Vicky or Maria on my first base. I had one of the two, um, and she would continuously drop it, and I ended up having to trade her out. I was like, girl, I can't. I can't with this I right can't. now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, come on. Come on. Um, but uh, the, yeah. yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. Who did you have um, as your pitcher? We should ask that question. Uh, the girl who's, like, Italian. Oh, okay. All right. I always pick Kenny. I don't know why. I just always pick Kenny. He's good. 
Yeah. Yeah. I I I liked her. I can't remember her name right now. I her last name starts with a D. It's like Del Del Vecchio. Mm. Del Vecchio or something like that. Ooh, ooh. It's yeah. Italian. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, Italian. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it- it's Italiano. Um <laughs> That was great. And then that when I perfect. played the 2003 version, I always played Randy Johnson. Oh. Who's like an MLB pitcher. I see. So that's why I remember I that's when I discovered, oh, 2001 is like the the exact game that we played like mm-hmm. hours and hours and hours and hours of because it had most of the like it had all of the original cast and then it's sprinkling of MLB players yeah. and from that sprinkling of MLB players I remember Randy Johnson like we always picked as our pitcher okay I am curious um I think this will be maybe a good little transition bit here at the end but the one of the things I read was that people ended up liking backyard baseball less as time went on because they kept adding more and more real players and it yes. took away the character and that like hundred percent ca- like the the uniqueness of each of the things that they had kind of brought to this the original kind of set of 30 and i it was diluted the magic yeah okay yeah yeah it diluted well that's why 2003 didn't feel right when we were playing yeah. it we were like well this is too many yeah, I just the balance is now off, and like the diversity is now. Yeah, off, that's what right? I was like, gonna They think. were so yeah. intentional originally about about the cast of characters, yeah. and then when you add, like, that's why I really liked the sprinkling of MLB players that yeah. was in two thousand one versus two thousand three had too many. Yeah, I and we were at getting lost. Pictures. Like we were like, there's way too many kids here. I can't find my original favorites. Like it took us forever to find. Like the original kids, because it was just so many yeah. pages of different players to pick from. Oh, that many! Jesus, Jimmy Christmas. I mean, not, I mean, I'm I'm being really dramatic right now, but it but felt still. like that. Yeah. You know, I looked at the lineups of some of those later games when I read that to see, and it really did. It felt like it just killed the vibe. It felt very like corporate has decided they want to make money, <laughs> and I didn't like it. It was not, I was not yeah. a fan. Yeah. No, the original cast of kids is really where the magic was. I agree. For sure. And I think that holds true even picking up and playing it later because I remembered their little catchphrases and I remembered their music and the, I don't know. It was fun. And like the fact that like Ahmed like plays his baseball bat as a guitar is just so cute. I don't know. It's a fun It is game. really cute. Yeah. Okay. It held up. Let's it held swerve. up. It did. Let's swerve to Secret Agent Barbie. Okay. I will do the the how it was made a little bit and then we can dive into the gameplay yeah sure do you want to refresh on what it is or yeah like tldr barbary is a secret agent fashions have been stolen we must retrieve them or uh at least figure out who done it kind of esque thing and you change clothes a lot which we'll talk about yep. <laughs> maddie take it away <laughs> okay so I really couldn't find a lot on how it was made. Yeah. I found some opinion articles about the Barbie games. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it was made by Mattel, and there was different opinion pieces, some of them asserting that it was, you know, shameless money grabs to try to mm. get more money out of Barbie. Mm. But then there was another cast of people who were giving opinions that it was praising them for being the only company at the time really or one of the only companies at the time that was intentionally making games for girls yeah which in the 90s and at that time games were really made for boys only like yeah. i mean i remember totally. that yep. i totally remember that my, and my games are lame too i mean sorry i mean i i'm personally 
we'll we'll talk about it but like i remember one christmas i got a mary kate and ashley game and my brother's over here playing some sick ass mario game and then i'm like driving around in mary kate and ashley's little convertible and like delivering (laughs) pizza and i'm just like what what is this sad it's so sad it was sad it's like pathetic so I ended up playing the, you know, Pokemons, the Marios. I mean, those don't have a gender, yeah. right? But still, like, yeah. intentionally made for girls wasn't something that's popular. So I, I do think that there's something to be said for that, mm-hmm. even if some of them were probably likely cash grabs. Yeah, I'm didn't sure. have a lot of thought yeah. put into them. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah. That's that. That's that. I didn't find much on critical reception either. Although IGN did, in fact, have a rating. For Secret Agent Barbie, and it was a 7.5. That's right. 7.5, my Barbie girl. She's here to live and thrive. Um, the other the other things that I'd mention is I did find some really cute commentary from who I assume identify as women talking about how they really loved these games for like introducing them to the different like fun adventures and things that they could be doing. Like just the Barbie games in general. Cause she has got so much totally. she's a detective and she rides horses and she's a secret agent and she's a mermaid. Like there's so many different fun things. And um, this one got a lot of love and a lot of the Barbie like game threads that I read and very much so uh some people talked about how this also like began their love of espionage which it did for me too um i used to dress up like a little spy and run around the house and like hide behind the couch i had like a whole spy kit in a backpack i i was very obsessed with it oh that's cute and i can thank barbie for that i would run around in these like terrible black tights that you could see through (laughs) my mom was like jesus christ bridget like what am i raising but it's fun you know so uh, oh, I, uh, I only found one actual verbal review from somebody who reviewed it like four or five years later. And I could tell that it was a dude because he talked about his like little sister. And he was like, wow, this is so lame. You're a doll and you wear clothes. And I was like, get out of here. Get out. Um, and so that's all, this, that's all the air yeah. that I'm going to give that dude. But uh, overall, uh, I could not find much. So there we go. It's done. Over. Next, next section. <laughs> Okay. Do you want me to do my first impressions? Yes. And I already know your vague first impressions because of your be real, Maddie. (laughs) So tell us. Tell the audience how you're going to destroy my dreams. Okay. I need to give a little bit of background on me. And I'm not (laughs) hating on you at all. But I was not a a Barbie girl. I was not. I just was never a Barbie girl. It wasn't for me personally. I I am not hating on Barbie girls. I I enjoyed the Barbie movie. I thought it was a ton of fun. Like I like that people like Barbie. So this is no there's no hate associated with it. It just wasn't my thing. Mm-hmm. And are you not like so other girls, I, Maddie? <laughs> I'm really trying to avoid because I hate that. But that no, I am I am like other girls. I was not like other girls in this particular aspect or like you know. Yes, I Anyways, understand. So I had never played this game before. Mm-hmm. And this was the first time I was playing it. And as we hopped into it, the 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 I was just the 
recommend you. You have so many things to say. <laughs> I have I have no nostalgia connected to this. Yeah. And so I was like, boy, these graphics. Boy, this like voice acting. Boy, these controls. Like, I just the the first thing I wrote is I feel like I'm not going to like this LOL. <laughs> but Are you telling me this game didn't hold up? Ten and years, then twenty the, years. I, I think it's just more that like, and it's not even that it didn't hold up. It's just like as a, it because I don't have the nostalgia attached mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, not even with Barbie a, itself. You just don't have the, you don't have either Barbie nothing. or the game. I have yeah. nothing. Yeah. So I'm just purely like playing this game, and I just thought the first thing that you hop into, which is the tutorial, I was like, what the <laughs> f is this? Because she's like. We're gonna learn some new moves, <laughs> and the way that she's talking, <laughs> it's like pick your action outfit. I, I just Why could you not exactly like her. <laughs> Why do you sound exactly like her? Oh no! <laughs> I just could not with the with the dialogue. I think it was the dialogue. Yeah, and, and the controls were a little annoying because it didn't do the um the controls weren't W A S D. It was the actual like arrow keys. Oh yeah. Which yeah. I'm not personally used to using the arrow keys for moving and looking around. I'm used to W A S D, like right. with my left hand. Yeah. So that was the other first impression of like the controls were a little rough for me at first. But yeah. anyways. I <laughs> I appreciate your perspective, Maddie. I I actually played this one on my ROG ally, which is crazy that I was playing this on like the future of gaming. I'm playing this old like 2001 Barbie game. That's fine. ROG ally, um, if you would like to sponsor us, I will accept. Yes, we will definitely accept. <laughs> you guys are great. I love it. It's white and colorful and I love it. The uh, ROG ally actually did really well with this game uh, because if you were doing something like the Steam Deck, since it's built on like the Steam's line version of Linux, you know, uh, that would be very difficult. But in this case, I literally just opened up a browser and I downloaded and installed it and played it. And I know that you were like, oh no, the arrow keys, but I could just use my little joystick. It worked great. You could use your joystick. Okay. Yeah. Um, cool. There were some weirdness things with it, but it was very overcomable. Like it was a I'm very I'm surprised. Game. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so for me, my first impression was like, I'm back, baby. I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I... Um, really, really love the, uh, inter, like, screen transitions in the opening scene of Secret Agent Barbie. She's, like, seriously jumping out of this plane and, like, paragliding and all this kind of stuff. And their stupid logo that I like so much is, like, a dumb S and an A that are pink and purple and they're, like, kissing. I don't know. I love it. It's so fun. And No, yeah, it is. It's fun. (laughs) Yeah, and... So I was just excited to see it, see it running it on my machine of the future, which was very cool. Uh, I wrote down that the graphics were wild because they were so bad. Oh, they, they were, were so wild. Bad. And for a the, game, the dudes, the oh, dudes' faces so were bad. hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. Were, it was bad. All of it was bad. And the the thing that I remembered fondly i will say the word Mm -hmm. fondly was being able to pick outfits and like different colors based on like the action that i was doing which i still think is a fun concept 
But in the terrible graphics, all of the outfits are so not cute. And I was so sad. They're not cute. I was like, what is this fashion? (laughs) Okay, wait. Can I read you exactly what I wrote? Yes. Yes, you can. These outfits are not slay. (laughs) These are not slay outfits. (laughs) It's too real. It's too real. These outfits do not slay. And honestly, some of them not. look like outfits. There is no drip to be had no. in this game. No. Like the main one that they put you in is like skinny white jeans and like a flower top. And Ooh, I'm just like. so bad. So it's, it's bad. And so that did not hold up. I will say it was still very fun to like, I didn't remember that all of the gadgets that, that you had that you played with. So hilarious. In this game, you are a secret agent, and you wear okay, different wait, outfits. Why don't you talk about the different actions first? Okay, yes. Yeah, yeah. So the three different categories. So yeah. you have, like, an adventure mode. You're, like, Barbie adventure mode. You put on your adventure clothes, and that's pretty much you just, like, walking around and talking to people. And then you yep. have action mode, which, again, comes with its own unique outfit. <laughs> that's beautiful, Maddie. <laughs> She's karate chopping the air. Um, <laughs> and that's the mode where you can jump <laughs> and... Uh, that's the only mode that you can jump. You cannot jump in the other modes because your clothes very much so dictate your ability to jump onto things, including small curbs of grass. You cannot do that when you aren't in action mode. So, <laughs> uh, and then they had like stealth mode was the last one, which is of course what you'd expect. You sneak around, like avoid lasers, do some rolls past security guards, that kind of thing. Um, and of course comes with its unique outfit and then of course like across these different things you have different tools that you can use and I want to know how you felt about the tools Maddie (laughs) how did you like them yeah okay so I wanted to comment on there was a part in the tutorial that was that made me just like laugh out loud for a while it's in adventure mode Uh and it's like in adventure mode you can talk to people talk to the security guard and he can open the door for you and then you walk up to him and you click and he says oh hello barbie let me open the door for you and i just thought it was so (laughs) weird like it was just such a weird because you're in this tutorial environment and it's literally just boxes like it's not animated in any way yeah it's just like it's like literal like 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 neon boxes like neon neon yeah Yeah. like you're in virtual reality not a door it's just a different colored box well and then there's this weird ass looking security guard quote unquote and and it's just like the weirdest (laughs) you get him to open the door for you and you just click and he goes oh hello barbie let me open the door for you (laughs) it's a computer simulation maddie that's not a real person they're on an airplane they're on their secret mission base airplane in the air at all times of the day flying no matter what and you can't fit a giant training facility it has to be virtual reality they have virtual reality it's great it's great it was great it was great and then the other part it was just like so campy and wonderful and the other one that was my favorite my absolute all-time favorite gadget and was hilarious and the first time I used it it was another laugh out loud moment the compact oh yes (laughs) so this gadget is in adventure mode when you start doing some some actual missions you need to get past the security guards who aren't going to normally let you through right 
and then you have the compact gadget. Mm -hmm. And the compact gadget is you open your little makeup compact and then you blow it in their face. And then they're just like, (laughs) I can't see. And then you walk past it. (laughs) And it's just so funny that that's the gadget. I know. It's so silly too. But you know, if I was blown in the face by compact makeup, I do think I would be blinded for a moment. So you know what props to that believability? Yeah. I, yeah. My favorite personally was the puppy, the robot the dog. Cute. You actually yeah. just have a robot dog that can get into certain spaces for you and do stuff. And it's just wild. Like, I just want to know what they were doing the day that they decided to come up with all of these different adventure tools that we get, like pink vision and makeup. Yeah, compact. pink vision, I did not love. No, I, ma- pink I, vision was bad. Yeah. Pink vision was bad. You could barely see anything. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just like I don't know they they were took night vision goggles, but instead it's pink vision. It's very, uh, what's it reductive? Very reductive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Do you want to talk about the actual, um, the actual gameplay? Oh, one other thing in this airplane before we leave, um, and go into the actual like mission part of the gameplay. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Is there's a moment when Ken walks in and all of the Barbies go, hi, Ken. And he goes, hi, Barbie. And I was like, wow, the Barbie movie is so spot on. Like, so spot on. Like, that is directly lifted from these things. I I wrote that, too, because there's also a later part in the game where she's, like, traveling in Morocco, I think. And they're like, hey, who's up there? And she just stands there and goes, Barbie. (laughs) It's just, it's directly from. Amazing. Yes. Spot on. Greta Gerwig did her homework. She did. And Ken in this game was very useless. So that, yeah. So spot on. Yeah. 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 Um, Okay. So the actual game itself, what happens is you, of course, get sent on missions, right? And the first one that you get sent on is your friend Teresa, which, if you remember, was, like, brown-haired Barbie from back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, Teresa, she is a fashion designer, and her fashions have been stolen. I keep saying that stupidly, mm-hmm. and it's because it's so funny to me. It's your fashions. <laughs> they have been stolen. and They have been stolen. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's great. And so you go to Central Park, and, of course... In Central Park, you must be in action mode to jump over all of the weird crates that are blocking your path in Central Park, <laughs> of course. And here, Duh. you meet, because in, like, honestly, the graphics are so bad. Like, the graphics are so, so bad. bad. It's like, here's where you learn, like, the main plot of the thing, which is Trace's crap has been stolen. Two very clearly sus people are hanging around the fashion thing, but you can't talk to them. They, like, say one little cutscene and then they disappear. And Camille and what's the other guy's name? I don't know. I don't know that it matters. I don't remember. Some other guy. Well, the reason that it matters, I'm assuming spoilers are okay in this game, but the reason that it matters is because in this game, someone is stealing all of these different items to make an invisible cloak. So that's what's happening. They're making invisible cloaks. And the game shows in different areas, like, you chase people. And the person that you're chasing 
just conveniently looks identical to this guy that you meet at the very beginning of the game. Exactly the same block shape. Because <laughs> that's what we've got. And yeah. then to figure out it's him, they give you a slide puzzle at the end. And all it is I didn't is get to that. I didn't get that far. That's so funny. <laughs> it's so bad. It's a slide puzzle, but you only have to move like two of the blocks. So it's just like Ooh. his face and you're just like, click, click. Oh, I figured it out. It's, we I did know it's it. for kids. I know it's for kids. And it was very yeah. funny. Um, but like you're, you're trying, what you're trying to do is stop these bad guys from collecting all the stuff to make this invisible cloak. Um, I don't know how far you made it, Maddie. How, like how, how long did you last in this Barbie world? I, I went to Paris and I went to Japan. And then after those two, I stopped. Okay. I, um, so I went to the central park and then I went to Paris and then I went to Japan. Okay. Yes. I think you missed Rio. I think they go to Rio at some point, if I remember right. Um, Morocco. And Morocco. Yes. The Morocco one was actually pretty hilarious because that was the stupid, like, I'm Barbie standing at the top of the thing. And I'm just like, who announces himself like that? I don't know, Barbie. Um, And there was also one very hilarious part where you're supposed to find in Morocco this, like, cart owner he's like the cart shop person and it's Mm -hmm. like the world's most emptiest market in the history of the world and i'm like who's this cart guy and i'm just walking around in circles and this guy who i swear to god is standing next to the world's largest cart (laughs) it's like literally 20 people tall i'm like what is this what's so funny what is this um, we'll have to take a screenshot of the cart yes it is a huge it's the world's largest cart. i swear to god um, but there's really not too much to this game. Like, I don't know if there's any too specifics. Like, how did you feel while you were playing it, Maddie? Was there anything that you wanted to call out? Like, it's it's a pretty straightforward game. I had fun. Yeah, again, it's straightforward. But... It was cute, but it was a little boring for yeah, me. Yeah, it is. So that's why I didn't finish after. Like, I didn't continue after yeah. the Japanese mission and or the the Japan mission and the one thing that I did want to mention is mm-hmm. again same thing with backyard baseball the uh, Japanese people voice actors yeah. were really sus like those were sus yeah. I don't think those were Japanese people they sounded pretty bad they and pretty did. stereotypical yeah they um, did yeah and then of course your was... outfit in Asia is also a little questionable too yeah 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 but you know, is that what you give it? I I will say, as someone that came back to it, I do not think this game held up for me. It was very oh. boring, but I appreciated coming back to it. Like I'm glad that I revisited yeah. it. You know what I mean? I'm curious if the other games that I also played for Barbie have that similar feel because like the big biggest shock to me was how empty everything felt like it just felt really empty it was super empty but i didn't remember that and i'm curious on standards for games are so different it's true it is but like i i had lower standards of like i know this is going to be a kid's game from 2001 and i knew that going into it but it was still shocking, I think, how little there was to the game. You know what I mean? But I loved it when yeah. I was a kid, and I will continue to speak its praises. I, My daughter will play it. My son will play it. Everyone will play it. Because <laughs> it's amazing. And that's all I got. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, do we want to do our wrap-up thoughts on the two games? Sure, yeah, let's wrap it up. And then we have an on-topic you... today, which is exciting. Yeah, we have an on-topic. Do you want to start us off with the wrap-ups? Sure. So um, I can give my opinions. One, for Backyard Baseball, I felt like it did hold up. Like, it was still a fun game. Yeah. I would continue yeah. to play that. It was cute. I picked it up again, even after, like, I had enough content for the podcast today. So that one actually held up really well. I don't think Barbie held up super well, which is devastating for me. But if you played it as a kid, it is still fun. And it was kind of corny and stupid in, like, a fun there was, way. There was some really funny moments. Yeah, I feel I... like it would be a fun live stream, like, to, to get drunk and play Barbie. Like, I think that would be very hilarious but it's not a good game guys like it was probably good when I was a kid but now it doesn't really hold up um I would it's hard to give ratings for both of these because these were my five out of five games when I was kids you know like as a kid these were both five out of five for me there's no world where they were not and so I feel heartbroken to give them anything that's not a five out of five I think if I was giving a rating based on how well they hold up. I would still probably give Backyard Baseball like a four or five out of five. And then I would probably give Barbie more like a three. But for the humor, I could bump that up a little bit. But that's kind of where I am. Um, I still think they would be fun to play as kids just in general. And they were fun to come back to. So that's my thoughts. What about you, Patty? I agree. I thought Backyard Baseball held up really well for the most part. Um, I'd still give that a five out of five. I still recommend it. It was really fun revisiting that one for me. Barbie was <laughs> funny and I appreciate it for what it is. And I appreciate like the impact that it had on girls playing video games. Like I actually like that. Yeah. Um, but it was a two out of five for me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't love it. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking, I'm talking about the highlights of like the funny moments, but there was so much boring in between the the few, the funny moments that it was just a little hard for me. I mean, you Um, literally run down a path for like a period of time and it's just the same path with nothing to do, but slowly jog down this path. And I was like, is this what we're doing right now? (laughs) The answer is yes. Yeah. And the answer is yes. Yeah. Um, But it was, it was fun. And I think it was a good start to our nostalgia. Yes. November. I agree. I think it was good. And I also swapped out what I think my game pick is going to be for next time, by the way. Oh, I did too. <gasps> you did too? Okay. Exciting. Okay. Okay. Do we'll we want to? Yeah. Okay. We'll announce it at the end. Um, well, let's do our, let's do our on topic. Yeah. On topic. And the then we'll, at the end, we'll do the next ones. Yeah. yeah. So on topic for the game awards coming next. should probably start with just the the game of the year right game of the year yeah yeah so the game of the year nominees i pulled it up right now alan wake 2 baldur's Mm -hmm. gate 3 spider-man 2 resident evil 4 super mario brothers wonder wonder yeah and the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom yeah so a pretty stacked category yeah i mean standouts to me i mean we knew baldur's gate was gonna be in there yeah alan wake i'm happily surprised is in there yeah um i i liked tears of the kingdom i know it's not necessarily your style of game Mm -hmm. um but i i actually i loved spider-man one i haven't gotten the chance to play spider-man two yet Mm because i don't have a playstation 5 yet (gasps) so i that might be a christmas purchase for myself 
Yes. I think. And I have not played or heard much about Super Mario Bros. Wonder, actually. I hadn't heard anything about that. And I don't know if that's just because I don't really play Super Mario Brothers. Like, I... And so I'm just not in those spaces. But even at work, like, I didn't hear anyone mention it. Yeah, we, like, so for those who haven't noticed, I mean, we probably do know, but Bridget and I both work at Xbox. And so we hear about games, like, all day. Constantly, yeah. Constantly, like, what's hot, even if they're not on Xbox, right? Yeah. We're always talking about that stuff. And I've heard people talk about Spider-Man. I've heard people talk about, you know, Tears of the Kingdom. I haven't heard any chatter about Super Mario Bros. Wonder. None. Yeah. And it's shocking to me that that was there alongside. And maybe it's really good. Maybe it's just like super amazing. But because, It could be. It could be. Because it didn't have the buzz, I was just really shocked. And I was shocked about Resident Evil 4. Like, that feels like a weird choice. Resident right? Evil 4. So that one's on my list. I'm more of, I really liked Resident Evil Village. Yeah. And I heard that Resident Evil 4. So Resident Evil 4 is actually like a remaster of That's the original. That's what I thought. And I heard it was a really good remaster. Like, they improved on it a lot. So it's on my list, but I'm also surprised to see it here, honestly. It, it feels weird in such a stacked year that they would pick a remaster for a game mm-hmm. of the year nominee. For game of the year. I did hear that they made the story better with the remaster. Okay. All but, right. If they changed but still, enough, maybe. I'm know. not sure. I'm not fully sure. But yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um. And interestingly, Starfield wasn't on the list. Yeah. I I don't think it deserved (laughs) to. We knew that was going to happen. If y'all listened to that episode, you saw how much we were disappointed about it. So, yeah. We we knew. I'm I'm surprised at the lack of, like, good indie games in this list. You know what I mean? You mean um, for Game of the Year or the other things? No, like, even for Game of the Year, like, as an example, um, sorry, I'm pulling up the, because I think they actually showed up in the indie list. Like Dread? But usually there's one crossover. Mm. Um, mostly I was actually thinking Sea of Stars. I've heard a lot of people talk uh, about Sea of Stars yeah, and how good it was. Yeah. Yeah. The um, one, uh, technically, though, I was reading about it, Baldur's Gate 3 is technically an indie. Because it's not, it's Larian Studios. It's not like a big, it's yeah. not part of the big AAA studios. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, like obviously had a big budget. So it depends on, that's why I think the term indie sometimes is a little bit silly. But like technically that one is an indie. And technically I don't think Alan Wake 2 is, right? Like that one's not. No, I can't it's, remember. it's published by Epic. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the indie in that list is actually Baldur's Gate 3 technically. It's just very yeah. big. Budget. Okay, so from these, who do you think is going to win, and who do you want to win? I will be irate if Tears of the Kingdom wins. I'm going to be upset. I think Baldur's Gate should win. I am actually mildly concerned that it will be Tears of the Kingdom, but I I haven't played Spider-Man. I just know that people loved it. So if I had to guess, I would say that because I never get what I want, it will probably be Spider-Man 2 or Tears of the Kingdom. But I think Baldur's Gate 3 deserves it, and I hope that that is the one that wins. Um, what about you? I also hope that Baldur's Gate 3 wins because I think it's the game out of all of these that has pushed the industry further, yeah. like, in a good way. Agreed. Like, it's it represents a lot of things that I, that I love about games in general. Yeah. And also, 
monetization patterns that I I value <laughs> in games, aka I... like micro like no microtransactions and yeah. that style, which has just become so prevalent and and I'm not hating on that, right? Like I'm not hating on microtransactions a ton. It's it's just like I feel like these days more and more games are coming yeah. out and it's just these soulless mm-hmm. games as a service games and I yeah. I just I like what Baldur's Gate 3 represents and how it pushed us further like yeah. it was a style of game that was new innovative and I think Alan Wake 2 has some really innovative stuff as well so I'm really glad that it got the nomination yes. I'm, I'm genuinely really glad me too um I don't think it'll win no but I I do think Baldur's Gate should win I think it will win I'm gonna put really? it. I'm gonna put it out there. I think Baldur's Gate three will win. I hope there so. Has, I have not seen a game get talked about like Baldur's Gate three in That's a true. in a long time. I wasn't like, sure though if we were in like a weird nerd bubble because I kind of feel like we are in a weird nerd bubble. We might be. Yeah, and I don't know. <laughs> we like we surround ourselves with people who play games all the time and who play D and D a lot. And so this was just like that game, you know. It was like wow, yeah. And I am a. That's why I didn't say it is because I feel like Spider Man and Tears of the Kingdom are more generally gen like general audience. Although D and D is having a moment right now with the D and D movie and other things, so maybe it will turn out. I really hope it's Baldur Baldur's Gate. We'll see, though. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the indie game yeah. category. Yeah. I can't remember which ones were in those. I, I looked, but I can't so remember. So the, the best indie game, Cocoon, which is that puzzle game that came Ooh, out. I played that one. Yeah. Dave the Diver, Dredge, right. Sea of Stars, and a game called Viewfinder that I actually haven't heard about. I've heard of all oh, the other ones. I have not heard I've, about Viewfinder. I've played a little bit of Dave the Diver. 100%ed dredge yeah i've played a little bit of day of the diver i've 100%ed dredge and i sea of stars is on my list and i haven't jumped into cocoon yet but i think that's a pretty strong showing and i i i will say i think that we'll probably like again we'll do like a games our games of the year episode in in december but dredge is definitely in my top that i've played this year i need to catch up a little bit but i it's i think it'll be between dredge and sea of stars i i think sea of stars is gonna win because i've just generally seen a little bit more buzz about sea of stars yeah but i think dredge is is a masterpiece like i i love that game i thought it was so good i agree with you i i think that sea of stars will get it if only because i was reading about folks being surprised that that wasn't going to get the indie nom for um game of the year so i'm assuming Mm -hmm that'll win but i don't actually know what it is like do you even know what that game is like the tldr so apparently it's just like a turn turn-based rpg oh um and it has a really good story so that's okay. what i i keep hearing is that it has yeah. like a really good uh yeah story yeah i played mm-hmm. cocoon and cocoon like i know that people are raving about it and there's like this big wave of a lot of people just playing it it's a pretty short game so like it's easy to do and it was like beautiful and creative, but it was fine. Like to me, it was fine. Like it, it's, I don't know if you've noticed, I feel like I have, but I feel like there's been a pivot to a lot of games that are super beautiful, like breathtakingly beautiful, 
that don't really have a lot of creative gameplay or substance Mm -hmm. underneath it and I don't mean that badly like there are games with great gameplay that look like bricks you know so it's just a different kind of game and I really loved and appreciated the art in it it's just I feel like there's a, a pattern of games that like is fine like the gameplay to me was just fine but it was very beautiful um I'll be surprised if it wins yeah, I is it kind of like because I played Gorgoa that that was really pretty, but I thought it was it was actually like fun. It's a different kind of puzzle game, but it had that same oh, vibe okay. to me. Like the the puzzle game is actually kind of like you pick up these orbs, and the orbs do different things. Like when you're carrying a orb, you can okay. see paths, and when you're carrying this other orb, you can go up and down these like vines. And you like trade okay. out orbs back and forth and, by going into them. Like it's not the most like it's a pretty creative thing. It's just the solutions are really straightforward. At least they were for me, um, which made it less interesting. I didn't. I don't think I even finished it. I got to the very end and I was like, okay, I gotta go to sleep. And then I never picked it back up. Um, but it's a pretty short one if you tried it. And I think it's on Game Pass, so okay. it's free. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. try it. Yeah. Um, Is Dave cool. the Diver Any- good so far? Kind of curious. Um, I only played a little bit of it. I like it. It's like up my alley, you know. You yeah. run a little sushi restaurant, and then you go like. I should play that one. Ugh, okay. It's it's cozy. It's good. I know we've talked about playing it for the podcast before, but yeah. um, yeah. yeah, it's it's cute. I that that's why I kind of stopped playing it because I was like, oh, do we want to play this for the podcast? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's the best one for the podcast because there's not really like a huge narrative to it. Yeah, we can just but, play it as friends and then yeah. talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we can just play it normally. We don't have to play it for our podcast. We can just play it. We don't have to record <laughs> it when we talk about it. It's fine. Yeah, we can just talk about it. Any other category that you want me to click on and have us talk about, the other ones that I want to bring into our like end of year when we do that episode mm-hmm. is best score in music Ooh, yes. and uh, performance. The nominees for best score in music, which I don't, I don't, I can't really like speak to most of these, but I thought um, the nominees are Alan Wake, Baldur's Gate, Final Fantasy, Hi-Fi Rush, and Tears of the Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I think Alan Wake's music is just stellar. Yeah. yeah. Um, I need to but pick up Hi-Fi I'm Rush if quickly. You had thoughts. No, I um Baldur's Gate music is like good, but I don't remember it. Like it doesn't it's not an earworm, you know what I mean? Um I thought that Alan Wake's music was better in my opinion. The uh Tears of the Kingdom music is fine, whatever. The uh Hi-Fi Rush I'll be interested in and I need to go like play a snippet of it to see. Oh, you haven't played that one yet? No, because I'm not a big fan of rock music. Because that's what it is, right? So, yes. And that's why it didn't click for me. Because I'm yeah. also not. And when we say rock music, it's like. Rock. It's not indie rock. It's not alternative rock. It's like rock yeah. music. And that's not my Yeah, genre. I don't like rock music. Yeah, so I never picked it up because I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but maybe I should. I played it. I played it. It was cute. It was fun. I got like halfway through it. And then. I, I haven't finished it. I would finish it. I just, the music, which is bad for a rhythm <laughs> game. <laughs> now, okay, Melatonin, I did play, and Melatonin had super cute music, so yeah. they should have been nominated. Melatonin, 
music right up my alley. Yeah. The lo-fi beats. Yeah, Ooh. it was cute. It was nice. Was they that this grooves. year that that came out? I guess that would have been December, so maybe it wouldn't have counted, because um, it was December last year, I think, maybe. I can't remember. Okay, well, we, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then best performance was the last category that I thought would be fun to talk about. Um, That's for, like, voice acting, right? Voice acting. Yeah, okay. So we have Ben Starr for Final Fantasy, and I've never played a Final Fantasy game Mm-mm. in my life, so I'm not sure. Cameron Monaghan for Star Wars Jedi, which mm-hmm. I also didn't play. Yeah. Idris Elba for Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty, which I also, I also didn't played. play. <laughs> Shit. Uh, Melanie for Alan Wake 2. Oh, Saga. hey. There so we go. I hope she wins. <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> and then Neil Newbin for Baldur's Gate 3. Um, which, do we know which character Neil Let plays? me look up the character. Is it going to be Astarian? He played As- Asterian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was really good. He was yeah. really good. Yeah. Hmm. And Ooh, the rough. last one was Yuri for Marvel's Spider-Man, which I'm assuming is Peter Parker. I have played so few games in that list, which is honestly a little sad, but also unsurprising because those games all sound like giant games. We could get my brother on the podcast to talk about Final Fantasy. He plays it all the time. Sorry, brother, if you're okay. listening. <laughs> He's like, it's probably like, That'll I don't, fun. I don't want to be on a podcast. <laughs> All I remember is, is last Christmas, he literally set up his desktop at our, like, table and was playing Final Fantasy on the table like we were watching TV, and he's just here playing Final Fantasy, and I'm like, bro, I get it. That's fine. I'm playing Genshin on the couch, so it's like, I get it. (laughs) I want to talk about games for impact briefly for, like, two seconds. Two seconds. They look really cool. I've played none of them. So, games for impact... The only one of the noms that I've played in that, although I have a second one that's on my list, um, is Venba. It is so good. Everyone should play Venba. It I've was. Heard it. I've heard it's good. So good. I bawled like half of the time while I was playing it. Like, oh, it's it's so good. It's just it's a beautiful, simple game, and you like make. Uh, family food recipes and the story is told as like the mother who's cooking these elaborate Indian meals and it is beautiful like it is a beautiful heartfelt game so simple so quick I finished it in like one setting and I was sitting there playing it and I think it was a day that Chris works later than me and I had finished it while he was still working and he came downstairs and I'm sitting there holding controller and going, Oh my God. And I'm like sobbing and he comes down because he's cute and cheery and he's like, hi, how's your day? You know, real sweet wanting to talk to me. And I'm like, stop it. I'm in, I'm in the last scene. Just leave me alone. I'm having a moment. <laughs> yeah. These all look really cool. So the, the nominees for this category, a space for the unbound chance of Sinar, goodbye volcano high Chia. Mm-hmm. Terra Nil and Venba. And yeah, these all look great. I'll I'll add Venba to the list because that one's also on Game Pass. Yes. Um, the Chance of Sinar, I was recommended by somebody at work. Um, and he was like, you'll love this. It's an incredibly difficult, weird puzzle game. And I'm like, perfect. So that one's on my list. Um, but I don't know what ever goodbye Volcano High is, but it looks funny and i want to it looks it. like a dating sim it that does looks fun right yeah yeah so why don't one. we bef- why don't before the end of the year thing why don't we make it a, a 
a thing to play each game in this category. Yeah, that would be fun. I think we don't have fun. to finish them, but just like play them. Yeah, I think and we then should support them because that 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 would be fun. Okay, yeah. the last thing that I wanted to talk about. I know that we already said that, but I thought of something else. <laughs> is there's one for audio design, and uh-huh. the nominees are Alan Wake, Dead Space, Hi-Fi Rush, Spider-Man Two, and Resident Evil Four. Uh-huh. And I wanted to just give a shout out to Dead Space because I finished that this weekend, the mm. Dead Space remaster, and mm. it was so good. I had so much fun playing that game. Alan Wake Two, I haven't finished yet. I'm working on it. It was much easier for me to pick up Dead Space at the moment, at least, yeah. because it was the kind of game that I could be, like, I was in the headspace for. Yeah. I, I think I talked about this in the last episode, is I was playing both of them at the same time, mm-hmm. and Alan Wake was scarier to me because it's more of, like, a psychological yeah. scary, whereas Dead Space is like, bah! And... I was just having a lot of fun with it, and the sound design in particular is really good because mm-hmm. when you're like listening to it, it's spatial audio, and the things crawl in the walls, Ooh. and so you'll hear the monsters like Ooh. above you or beside you, Ooh. and you're walking, and you're like, "Ooh, is it this way? Ooh, is it this way? Is it gonna jump out yet?" And then they don't jump out, and then all of a sudden they do jump out, <laughs> and it's just. I, so I will say that I I hope that it wins in the sound design because they really did good with like all of yeah. that stuff on on Dead Space. So a little shout out there. Yeah, I will not be playing it. That's okay. Yeah, but I'm really glad that you appreciated and enjoyed that horrifying experience that it sounds like. Yeah, I yeah. and I finished it. I haven't finished it. Like you know, I haven't finished a game in a while. Like we haven't. We've had a lot of games that are long games recently. Long. Yeah. 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 Um so it was it was kind of fun to to finish and it was kind of long too. Although my my perception of long is so different than it used to be now. Dead Space took me like 16 hours to finish and I'm like, "Oh, that was kind of long." But oh. that's not really that long. <laughs> that's not that long. <laughs> I think for me long is more than 20 hours, which is still short. Like a long game is more like 60 it's hours. It's still short. Yeah. Yeah, but for me I'm like I don't have the time for this. <laughs> so long who has the time for these long ass games it's not me respect my time respect my time (laughs) everyone's like i need as much gameplay with my 60 dollars as possible like no i need succinct good gameplay yes i would much rather have a awesome 10 hour game Mm -hmm. yes yeah Yeah, exactly. Even even shorter. It could be even shorter than 10 hours. That's a dream, honestly. I really like the ones that are like four or five hours that you just like are in it for like a period of time. Like that's how I felt with them. But like you're just in it and then it's done and it's an experience. Yeah, it's just an experience. Yeah, Yeah, it's different. It's how What Remains of Edith Finch was like that for me. Like it was four hours and I just played it for like an evening like the whole thing through yeah. and I was like wow what an experience yeah that was. yeah it's fun it's different it's like going to a very interactive movie <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah um okay should we do our wrap up yeah let's end it thank you for listening to our podcast if you liked it don't forget to subscribe and rate it you can find us on instagram tiktok and youtube at baddie breakdowns and visit our website baddiebreakdowns.com made by bridget The podcast art was done by the wonderful Tanisha, and the podcast was edited by me. Join us next time to hear us two baddies break down. You go first. 
Okay, I want to play Nancy Drew's Secrets Can Kill. Awesome. I yes. haven't played that. It's it's they I looked it up and they have a remastered version so it might be a little bit more palatable, although apparently they changed who done it at the end of the remastered version versus the so original. So do we want to do the remaster? I, I'll have to look it up because I don't even know if we can. Why find don't you the do the remaster anymore. and I'll do the original? Because Ooh, it's that could be spicy. November. Okay, yeah, yeah, that sounds fun. I like it. Yeah. Okay, and my pick is the original pixel art Zoo Tycoon. Did you play that one? Oh, I don't think I played the original. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Not I'm the ready. 3D bullshit. Okay. It's the original pixel art zoo tycoon okay i'm ready i'm ready for my little zoo tycoon i was a little sad that you because your original pick was was it going to be like roller coaster tycoon and i was yeah, ready you played that to too. play it and uh but i am not upset with the zoo tycoon pick i think that'll be fun i'm excited it's a i was hoping to pick one that you hadn't played yet i That's haven't play, I, I don't think i've played the original one like i really don't think i have i think i've played like some new ish version of it and i don't even know that i played it that long Thanks, everyone. Happy one year. Yay. Bye. Thanks for thanks for sticking with us for one whole year. And oh welcome if this is, you know, new Your for first you. Episode. Yeah. I can't believe it's been. Yeah. A year. Mm. I know. It's really fun. Hopefully we can just keep maybe one day we'll get nominated at the Game Awards for Best Content Creators. Yeah. Great. Perfect. Ship it. <laughs> Probably not. But, you know. <laughs> Maybe my murder mystery dating sim will get nominated, right? There we go. That would be so cute. Games for impact. Yeah, exactly. Because you're writing about really high impactful stuff, right? Yeah, with making out and murderers. That's very impactful. (laughs) That is impactful. I can't wait to contribute to that game with whatever you want me to. Writing um, or music. I have a cute little scene that I want to show you. I am really proud of it. I'm doing like intro scenes, kind of like the, you know, the death door scenes that we really liked, where it was like boom, boom, and then they like show the yeah. character. I'm doing something like that, but like cutesy for each of the characters the first time you meet them, and I really, really like it. So I'll show you the, the what I have so far. It's fun. And then you can Cute. you can give me feedback. You can play chess for me. I'm excited. Yeah. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye.